as it is, translation and commentary by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, Chapter 18, Text 75, spoken by Sanjay. Yasa prasadat chutavan etat guhyam mahamharam yogam yogeshwarat krishna sakshat katayata swayam. By the mercy of the Yas, I have heard these most confidential talks directly from the master of all mysticism, Krishna, who was speaking personally to Arjuna. Kapoor, Vyasa was the spiritual master of Sanjay, and Sanjay admits that it was by Vyasa's mercy that he could understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This means that one has to understand Krishna not directly but through the medium of the spiritual master. The spiritual master is the transparent medium, although it is true that the experience is still direct. This is the mystery of the disciplic succession. When the spiritual master is bona fide, then one can hear Bhagavad Gita directly, as Arjuna heard it. There are many mystics and yogis all over the world, but Krishna is the master of all yoga systems. Krishna's instruction is explicitly stated in Bhagavad Gita, surrender unto Krishna. One who does so is the topmost yogi. This is confirmed in the last verse of the sixth chapter, Yogi Nam Sham. Narada is the direct disciple of Krishna and the spiritual master of Vyas. Therefore, Vyas is as qualified as Arjuna because he comes in the disciplic succession, and Sanjay is the direct disciple of Vyas. Therefore, by the grace of Vyas, Sanjay's senses were purified and he could see and hear Krishna directly. One who directly hears Krishna can understand this confidential knowledge. If one does not come into the cyclic succession, he cannot hear Krishna. Therefore, his knowledge is always is imperfect, at least as far as understanding Bhagavad Gita is concerned. In Bhagavad Gita, all the yoga systems, Karma Yoga, Jnana Yoga, and Bhakti Yoga are explained. Krishna is the master of all such mysticism. It is to be understood, however, that as Arjuna was fortunate enough to understand Krishna directly, so by the grace of Vyas, Sanjay was also able to hear Krishna directly. Actually, there is no difference between hearing directly from Krishna and hearing directly from Krishna via a bona fide spiritual master like Vyas. The spiritual master is a representative of Vyasadeva also, Therefore, according to the Vedic system, on the birthday of the spiritual master, the disciples conduct a ceremony called the Asa Puja. Srila Prabhupada, more than any Gorya Vaishnava Acharya, based his preaching on Bhagavad Gita. Of course, all Gorya Vaishnava philosophy, all the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they are based on Bhagavad we don't find in Chaitanya Charitamrita that Bhagavad Gita is quoted very much. Srimad Bhagavatam is quoted much more. But then the Bhagavatam, that is also based on Bhagavad Gita, where 
Bhagavad-gita ends, Sarvadhaman Parityajyamanekam Sharanam Raja. Give up all varieties of dharma. Take shelter in me only, Lord Krishna says. And Srimad Bhagavatam begins with the same thing, dharma kaitava projita atra. That herein all cheating dharmas are fully rejected. So, Bhagavad Gita is the basic knowledge of spiritual life. Chaitanya Charitamrita is the highest teaching. Srila Prabhupada gave us Bhagavad Gita, he gave us Srimad Bhagavatam, he gave us Chaitanya Charitamrita, Nectar of Devotion, and so many other books. These four basic books. But in his day-to-day preaching, preaching to the masses, he would mostly speak on Bhagavad Gita. This is the basic philosophy which Srila Prabhupada wanted to communicate because the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they are the highest teachings. That, of course, everyone will say our teaching is the highest, ours is the best. But if we examine impartially, then we'll find Chaitanya Daya Kata Karaha Vichar Vichar Karanei Chitte Pade Chavatka If we examine objectively what is the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then we will be astonished that how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given that the love of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, which is unimaginable to even most so-called religionists, even people who say they, even people who, but nowadays religion more and more in the Western world, it, it, there's no God there. It's just something you feel. They're, they're not religion, spiritual. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. This is in America, people, you'll find people, many people say, I'm spiritual but I'm not religious. I don't belong to any denomination, I don't belong to any church, I don't have any fixed teaching, I just feel spiritual. This is nonsense. So, hmm. people are not, even those who say they believe in God, well, what did Srila Prabhupada do? Sometimes they they'd, they'd ask us. So when Prabhupada arrived in London for the first time, they asked him, What did you come to why what have you come? Why have you come here? And challenging when Prabhupada answered, to teach what you have forgotten, God. So people they they'll say God which as Prabhupada would often when people would ask, What is God? I would say, What is the dictionary definition? The supreme being. So Srila Prabhupada presented the Supreme Being, that is Krishna, but the, the whole concept of love of Krishna is far, far above that of the order supplier. Give us this day our daily bread. The idea that we are meant for sense gratification and God is powerful, so we'll, you know, we'll flatter him a bit, make him feel good, and then he can give us more sense gratification very easily. 
So this idea that God is someone who should fulfill our desires, which is all religions of the world, so-called religions. It, it's all dharma, kaitava, kaitava, cheating religion. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to teach, which even those who are not, even those who are not on the platform of cheating religion, that means the Vaishnava Sampradaya, that which they cannot imagine. Anarpita chirin chirat kalinyavatirno kalo samaviyatamuna katvala rasma svabhakti shriyam hari purata sundara duti kadamba sandipita sada hridi akhandare spuratu vahshatinandanaha is Satchinandana. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come to give that which is not not given before, not even imagined before in the whole day of Brahma. No one can even imagine the level of love of God. People speak of love of God, but what is love of God? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu demonstrated that. There was not, no one had any idea of the ecstasy of love of Krishna that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to demonstrate and to give and Srila Prabhupada came to give that also the same thing in pursuance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's desire Priti Vite Ache Gram Savatra Prachahibe that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu this this quintessential essence the the topmost teachings, which could be actually, uh, who is fit to understand them? But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted this spread all over the world through the medium of Sankirtan, chanting the name of Krishna. Now, Srila Prabhupada, I was saying, he came to give this, but he mostly preached on Bhagavad Gita philosophy. Mostly, you are not the body. The first teaching of Bhagavad Gita. You're not the body. The body is destructible. This is Krishna's first teaching to Arjuna. The, the body is destructive, not only destructible, but must be destroyed. The body will not stay. But we are eternal. So this basic teaching, which in the Western countries people are ignorant of this. And in India, where people theoretically understand this or accept it, but actually they don't understand. Otherwise, if we actually understood it, then we wouldn't waste our time buying nail polish and putting it on our nails and doing silly things like We wouldn't waste our time decorating the body or trying to make the body beautiful or comfortable. But we are understanding that we are eternal and the human life is meant for getting free from the cycle of birth and death, which is, is the situation of intense suffering. We're suffering we're so dull-headed, we don't even realize how much we're suffering. And we're so dull-headed that even we theoretically, we might be born into a culture where we're raised with the idea that we are, we are taking birth after birth after birth, but we're so foolish that we don't consider the implications of that. For some years, I was 
living in Thailand, where the vast majority of the population is superficially Buddhist. Although the actual way of life in Thailand is famous as one of the most <coughs> hedonistic countries in the world. So I, I, I asked one uh, one lady there once that you see, I see in Thailand everyone's eating pork. Like in Denmark also, it's popular, Danish bacon. And at least in two towns of Denmark, I remember seeing big statues of pigs in the middle of the city. It's, it's pig country, so you have something in common with Thailand now. So they're very fond of eating pork. They also eat, you know, on occasion they eat snakes and rats and uh, grasshoppers is popular. And all, all kinds of things like that. It's influenced by Chinese culture. They eat everything. So uh, I asked one of them, you see, you're eating pig. So you know, you're going to become a pig in your next life. I said, yeah. And I said, well, are you concerned about it? And I said, that would be fun also. Sanuk, the Thai word is sanuk, it means pleasure. So we'll have fun as pigs also. So simply, the point I'm making here is that simply to theoretically understand that we are not the body, the body is temporary, that in itself is not realization. One has to uh, associate with devotees. In this purport, Srila Prabhupada is emphasizing the necessity to hear from the parampara. There are so many editions of Bhagavad Gita in India and all over the world. So many people are reading and no one, as Prabhupada pointed out in the beginning, and in the preface to his Bhagavad Gita as it is, he points out that why am I making another edition of Bhagavad Gita when there are so many already? Prabhupada said, because you know, because no one understands. None of them are none of them are Bhagavad Gita. They're presenting Bhagavad Gita according to the misunderstandings of the persons who are presenting this. So one has to be linked with Krishna as Sanjay was linked through Vyas. Vyas is the incarnation of Krishna. He has come to give the Vedic knowledge, which is all meant for understanding Krishna. Vaidaisya, as God Krishna says here in Bhagavad Gita, Vaidaisya Sarvaraham Eva Vedyaha. The whole purpose of the Vedas is to understand Krishna. But we find not so much now. There aren't so many Vedic scholars left in India. There are plenty of software engineers and the Brahmins, they used to use their brains for studying the Vedas. Now they use their brains for writing software programs. There used to be so many Vedic scholars, but they study all the Vedas and not understand it is meant for understanding Krishna, which is the whole point. Srila Prabhupada sometimes gives the example that someone, after reading the whole Ramayana, they say that, uh, who is Sita the father of? It's just, it's just a stupid question, because how is Sita the father of anyone? She is the, is the mother of love and kush, but not the father of anyone. 
So it's, I mean, it's just like you completely, you read it, but you just missed the whole thing. You just, you didn't, your reading is, it's just the, the, the words are going, but they, 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 they didn't contact with any intelligence. So it's like that. So many people can understand that they read Bhagavad Gita, or they, actually now, who reads Bhagavad Gita? Uh, if you find a so-called pious Hindu, they maybe know two or three verses from, they can say, yes, yes, I, I, yada, yada, he dharma and that's, you know, that's about it. Two shlokas from Bhagavad Gita. Yes, I, yeah, I also know Bhagavad Gita. But, uh, only a vague idea which they pick up from watching TV or something, Mahabharata on TV or some, some movie or something where they show someone coming back in another life. But no, no serious study. And what to speak of in the Western countries where we were just discussing that even here, at least until recently, there was, there was, at least people had some idea of Kaitava Dharma, cheating religion, or Christian religion, some idea, some morality, some idea of the, some idea of God, not much idea, but at least some idea. Uh, but even that's gone, practically. So Srila Prabhupada, he came to give the highest teachings, but he introduced that through Bhagavad Gita, because you have to start somewhere, and if we are to give the highest teachings in any field, we have to give the basic teachings first. You can't study, you can't take a five-year-old child and start to teach them calculus. You have to teach them, first of all, one plus one equals, take one brick, toy brick, another one, one, Plus one equals two. Ah, yeah, one, no, no. two plus two equals four. And then after you know, ten years or something, you can teach them. You can gradually bring them up to the level of some of them, not all. Studying calculus. You send the child to school not exactly to play with toy bricks but with the idea that after several years of education you'll become an engineer or a doctor or computer operator, that education is required for that. It's not, it's not just for playing with toy bricks, but you have to start somewhere. So in the same way, Srila Prabhupada came to bring the message of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu what is the Baraja Juvati Bhavera Bhakati Shakati Hoitoka except Chaitanya Mahabhu who was capable of teaching the or not it's not a matter of teaching but imparting the love of Krishna that the gopis of Vrindavan they experience. Swarasiki Siddhi. Ramya Kachetu Pasana Brajavadhu Vargena Yakalpita Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. His teaching is that the the highest or the best mode of worship of Krishna, Vrajesha Tanaya, the son of the king of Vrindavan, Saranda Maharaj, is that which is demonstrated by the gopis. But 
Prabhupada did his teaching most of his Bhagavad Gita. It started at the beginning. Let's understand this clearly. The first point, we are not the body, we are eternal. So the first point, human life then is meant for God-realization. We have this opportunity after many births. This is spoken by Lord Krishna in Uddhava Gita. The opportunity of human life. Labdhva sudur labham idam bahusam bhavante manusham arthadam anityam apihadhiraturnam yatetanapatananam ritayava nishrayasai vishayakhalu sarvatasya that we are we are now in the human form of life it is not a common opportunity it is a rare opportunity it doesn't last long we get it it's there it's gone we think so we see someone 90 years old we think oh very old oh, what very old 90 years what's that in Lord, Lord Brahma sneezes that's you know that's a few hundred years of our time. He does sneeze also. Because that's how the Varaha avatar came from Lord Brahma's sneezing. So ninety years, that's not much time. But we think, oh very old man, ninety years old. Life is short and it comes and it goes, just like we can see. Lalita Nath Prabhu and ask, how old are you? 49. So where were you 59 years ago? I often ask this. Well, I didn't exist, some people say. It, it often bewilders people when we ask this question. And where will you be in 49 years from now? Probably not in that body. <laughs> Most bodies don't last until 98. A few, very few. So it's a, it's a, a blip in time. Very short time. But now we've got it. And this is, this is the opportunity. When we have this human birth, it is the opportunity to solve all problems forever. Now, there are so many advertisements, they're advertising different products, that your life can be improved by purchasing Lux soap, for instance, among so many other things. You can solve the problem of having an ugly face by using Lux soap, and then you'll look as pretty as the girl on the packet. Not very likely. Anyway, they're, they're offering all these things can improve your life, but the... Vedic rishis, they teach us that the, the whole, the problem is not having an ugly face. The problem is having a face at all. The problem is having a body. The, all the bodies are simply causes of suffering. Due to foolishness, we consider the body as a vehicle for our happiness, whereas actually it's a vehicle for our suffering. So in human life, we can understand this. The human life is very rare, so we should take the opportunity. We should consider that I have to die soon, so let me do whatever is required in this life so I don't have to get born again. And if anyone asks, well, you know, 
can enjoy myself. And Lord Krishna says, Vishaya Kala Sarvatasya. The opportunity for sense enjoyment is there in every birth, but only in human birth is the opportunity there for self-realization. So this is the uh, this is the intelligence or the determination we should have on, on understanding that I am not the body. The body is temporary. I am eternal. And this human life, if we analyze the jala, what is that? Jala Jandava Lakshani Stavara Lakshavinshati in Padma Purana is analyzed. The different, there are different species. There are 900,000 in the water. There are uh, two million kinds of species of non-moving. That includes plants and rocks. So like this, there, there are so many other species, but only human life affords the opportunity for self-realization. Therefore, if one is actually intelligent, one should seek out, seek out the question, to ask the questions which lead to the proper answers. The whole human civilization is based on asking the wrong questions. What is it? How can we enjoy our senses more? The whole civilization based on uh, trying to make facilities to make the body comfortable and the body uh, opportunity, more and more opportunity for sense enjoyment. But this Contrary to our expectations is the cause of our entanglement and suffering. Therefore, an intelligent person, seeing this, as Lord Krishna says in Bhagavad everything is there in Bhagavad Gita. <coughs> Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, that, Yehi Samsparsha Jabhoga, Dukha Yonya Evati, Adyanta Vanta Kauntaya, Nateshu this excellent advice. If, if human society could just understand this, the whole misdirection of human society can be rectified simply by understanding this one verse. That the interaction of the senses with their sense objects is not a cause of happiness, but a cause of distress. Beginning, middle, and end. You may say, well, I can enjoy now. No, even in the beginning, it's a good. Therefore, an intelligent person does not take part in that. Just this one verse can revolutionize the whole of human society. So, Srila Prabhupada, he writes here in this purport, he is a representative of the us. He is fully self-realized. He has come with the mission of all the Parampara Acharyas to deliver this knowledge of Krishna and Krishna consciousness to human society. He did so by teaching this basic knowledge of Bhagavad Gita, which if applied in human society, will, as the Bhagavatam predicts, Tadvagvisargo Janathaka Viplava. This Viplava can create a spiritual revolution in the misdirected lives of the sinful population, this Srimad Bhagavatam, this knowledge of Srimad Bhagavatam, to deliver this knowledge of Krishna and Krishna consciousness to human society, 
he did so by teaching this basic knowledge of Bhagavad Gita, which if applied in human society, will, as the Bhagavatam predicts, Tadvag Visargo Janatak Viplava. This Viplava can create a spiritual revolution in the misdirected lives of the sinful population. This, Srimad, this knowledge of Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. Now many people think Bhagavad Gita it's some philosophy book or some mystical book or something very <coughs> difficult to understand. But Srimad Bhagavatam taught Bhagavad Gita as practical philosophy. Philosophy has no meaning if it's just philosophy. You go to, you study in the university or something. Or, or philosophy is something people talk at in bars when, or parties when they get drunk. That's what people think philosophy. There's <laughs> some prattle that comes out of your mouth when you when you're drunk. So Shri uh, and Bhagavad Gita. Now many people think Bhagavad Gita it's some philosophy book or some mystical book or something very <coughs> difficult to understand. But Sri Prabhupada taught Bhagavad Gita as practical philosophy. Philosophy has no meaning if it's just philosophy. You go to you study in the university or something, or, or philosophy is something people talk at in bars when or parties when they get drunk. That's what people think philosophy. <laughs> There's some prattle that comes out of your mouth when you when you're drunk. So Srila uh, Prabhupada he presented Bhagavad. This is Bhagavad Gita's practical philosophy. Lord Krishna spoke Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna. Why? Not just a well. They're not quite ready for fighting. Lift. I tell you what, why don't we talk some philosophy? Okay. It wasn't like that. Arjuna had, he, he was in a specific dilemma. What to do? He couldn't, whatever, he, he was in a typical situation that everyone in the material world finds them in, themselves in, that there are various choices about what to do and all of them look bad. That we, we find that there's, often the material life arranges itself, or material situations, they come about that whatever we do, there's, we can't see any, any good results. We can't find any way forward. Therefore, people, they commit suicide, or they take shelter of intoxication, so-called shelter of intoxication. Or, people, in the words of the uh, great philosopher of the modern age, John Lennon, <laughs> he said that uh, living is easy with eyes closed. So people walk around with their minds closed. They, people, uh, they don't even think that that uh, I have to die. People, and if you remind them, they become upset. Why are you talking about that? Enjoy ourselves now. If you push the point, they become upset. They, they want to live in, they know they're living in an illusion, but they, the, the, if they have to actually think more deeply than, where, where does my next drink of beer come from? Then it, it disturbs. To, to think about reality is too disturbing. So philosophy, it's, it's meant, as Srila Prabhupada pointed out again and again, it's meant for solving all the problems of life. But we, we like to be like the goats. Prabhupada gave this example. The goats, they're taken for slaughter. 
and they can see in front of them one after another is being slaughtered. So, and then they can't run away. So what do they do? They have sex. Enjoy while you can. That's the modern society's goat philosophy. Enjoy while you can. So, more intelligent is to think, is there any way out? Is there any solution? Is there any way to go? Not, we can understand from the Vedic literature that not only are we suffering in this life, but we have to suffer birth after birth. As long as we don't, uh, as long as we don't seek a solution to repeated birth and death. But Bhagavad Gita is the practical philosophy. Arjuna was given practical understanding that he could apply in his life. Krishna could have just told Arjuna that you just fight, that's all. That look, I'm God, you're my servant, I'm telling you to fight, do it. But he didn't. He explained to him all the implications and ramifications of fighting and not fighting. He gave him he gave him the knowledge by which he can make an intelligent decision to fight. For Arjuna, the fighting meant acting in the manner that Lord Krishna wanted him to act in. It was a practical activity for the pleasure of Krishna. So this philosophy of Bhagavad Gita, it's not armchair philosophy. It's not meant for simply sitting. Now we're sitting and talking. But this talking, it's meant for guiding our lives. What will we do after? Uh, sometimes people come to me up and they say, oh, that was a nice class, they say to me. So we'll know if it's a nice class in what you do afterwards. If it was actually a, an effective class, then there should be some change. It shouldn't be just the either we're already doing the, the, the right things and we should do them in a better way or more enthusiastically or we should rectify if actually the, the clan, if we were actually speaking in the line of Vyas, actually speaking in the line of Prabhupada, then that should be not just nice, I, very nice, I heard very nice, very nice. It's not meant to be like some TV program. You watch and what's on, what's on the different channels. So, what can I enjoy? So, then, oh, Sanyasi is coming. Oh, he gives very nice class. I'll go and listen. Nice stories. But it's not meant for entertainment. It's meant for uh, giving guidance, purifying the. What is that guidance? Again, it's not just you do, not just you have to believe in the Bible and do whatever it says. Not like that. But for purifying the intelligence so that we can understand how to act in a manner that is actually in our own real self-interest, which means to act in a manner that is pleasing to Krishna. So this, this is the way that Krishna instructed Arjuna. He gave him the knowledge, and not just the knowledge, but the, the ability to apply that he gave him the knowledge of what his constitutional position is and how to apply that practically. 
just like we were talking about calculus. It's a, it's theoretically, you learn it theoretically, but it has practical applications. How to practically apply. One is trained as an, as an engineer. So in, in engineering, then you have to, uh, you, you have to apply, you have to be able to understand calculus and so many other things to how to apply that theoretical knowledge in the practical sphere, in construction or whatever kind of engineering you're doing, so that the, you build a bridge so that it doesn't break. You have to make is something practical. So knowledge is that can actually be uh, its usefulness can be seen in practical application. And Srila Prabhupada was a practical person. He he how to live Bhagavad Gita, how to be a perfect devotee. He taught that by his by everything he did. And he constantly spoke Bhagavad Gita philosophy so that his disciples and everyone else could understand. He only spoke the message of Bhagavad Gita, the message of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and lived that so that people can see what does it mean to live in Krishna consciousness. It's not something simply theoretical, but one can live in this world and just like Arjuna did, one can follow Lord Krishna's instruction, practically apply that in our life. Now, sometimes there's criticism of Bhagavad Gita, the book of fighting, encourages violence. Well, actually that's true. Krishna did encourage Arjuna to fight. But it's never been traditionally understood as a, as a book, which is, its message is inciting everyone to fight, but inciting to action, to proper properly directed action, which in Arjun's case, fighting is maybe the most extreme activity that anyone can do. So it's an extreme example, but that's for everyone. This Bhagavad Gita is for everyone. How to live in this world, how to act in this world. We cannot stop acting. What is that? To Arjun's idea that I should stop work, I should stop acting, because everything that we do simply leads to distress. But Lord Krishna said, no, you can't stop acting even for a moment, but learn how to act in a manner that is actually auspicious, not the cause of distress. So that is the teaching of Bhagavad Gita, which Srila Prabhupada told that taught how to practically apply that in our lives and how it can be practically applied to the whole human situation, the whole human society. In a, in a few verses, we, the, the, the division of human society, Chatur, Vanyam, Maya, Shrishtam, Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaisha, Shudra, this, in a few, of course this is discussed in much more detail elsewhere in the Vedic literature, Lord Krishna mentions it here in Bhagavad Gita, but Srila Prabhupada took that clue from Bhagavad Gita to propose that the whole human society is in need of a total overhaul. It's totally misguided, misdirected. So the aim of life should be 
Nandana Bhagavad Bhakta, everyone should live their life in such a way that they can think of Krishna. And the means to do that, organize society in a way that is conducive for uh, Krishna consciousness to be practiced. So Srila Prabhupada was a, a practical philosopher, a practical teacher of Bhagavad Gita. And now several millions of this Bhagavad Gita as it is being distributed all over the world and we should go on distributing these books and teaching people what what message we have to give to the world. This Christian conscious movement it's not meant to be just another humdrum religious society but it is meant to be it is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's gift for re-spiritualizing the whole human society which has forgotten Krishna. So, we all have a responsibility here, living in this country. Some of you, it appears, were not born here, but anyway, somehow rather by Krishna's arrangement, you're here now. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Jare Deka, Deko Tare Kaha Krishna Upadesh, Amaragai Guru Hoya Tara Edesh, wherever you go, wherever you meet, instruct them in the science of Krishna, Bhagavad Gita as it is, in this way become a guru and deliver this land. So, here's one land, <laughs> Denmark. Somehow or other you're all born in this land or you're living here and you have the great good fortune to realize that you're not Danish by the grace of Srila Prabhupada. He came to teach us that we're not Danish, we're not American, we're not Chinese, we're all eternal spirit, soul, part and parcel of Krishna. And this message is to be spread everywhere, preached everywhere, established everywhere. So, I'm only here for one night, and if I have anything to say to you, I would like to request all of you to push on Srila Prabhupada's mission very strongly here in Denmark. People are uh, suffering for lack of Krishna consciousness. It didn't. That fact has not changed. That without Krishna conscious people simply suffer. In the, in the summer it looks quite nice. I was here in the winter, it's not so nice in the winter. But it's quite pleasant weather. With people in Denmark, their general behavior is quite gentle and nice, except when they get drunk. But most of the time they're quite nice people. So it may seem everything is very nice, but we should know that it's not nice. People are suffering, and they'll suffer more for all their sinful activities, and they'll suffer for not knowing Krishna. So it is the duty of devotees having attained this knowledge, not just way of life, not, not, not just knowledge, but this whole way of life, the practical application of this knowledge, to strive very seriously to distribute this knowledge and establish this knowledge. We should all do 
whenever we can, as long as we can, because we won't be here very long. But within this short time, we have to finish our entanglement in the material world and act for the benefit of others. By acting for the benefit of others, by preaching Krishna consciousness, then we also become purified because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is very pleased by that. So that's it in a nutshell. I told Alitana Prabhu I'd leave time for questions, so please ask whatever you want to ask. Yes. I was just wondering if you can at least preach preaching in what's where one is born is probably like this, like, but you yourself, um, did you, can you react? Why am I not preaching in England where I was born? <laughs> is that the question? Something if you can explain uh, the benefits of, uh, yeah, of not doing It might seem I'm a hypocrite now because I said to, you were born here and, well, Krishna has plans, different plans for everyone. Srila Prabhupada also, in 1971, wrote that he wanted 500 Western devotees in India. So, about 1977, I was considering that that uh, there are not many devotees in India, and Srila Prabhupada wanted so many Western devotees there. So, uh, I went there. So, Krishna has different plans for different people. But as you happen to be preaching here, I'm encouraging you to do so. It seems that Krishna had his plan to take me to India. But the question times when I have been, I, have, I was in America for a mm. couple of years and mm. one tend to not be so entangled in the modes of nature. I don't know, but when one is here, then... Because you feel Danish when you're here. More easily. And there's a kind of detachment in being in a different culture because you can't relate to it fully. Well, there are pros and cons. Being here means you can also relate to the people. Just, you can understand their mentality also better. There are pros and cons. Anyway, you're here, you've been here most of your life. So it looks like Krishna's plan for you is here. You can just remember every day, I am not Danish. I am. I belong to Krishna. You said something about cheating religion. Yeah. Can you explain that? What is cheating religion? Cheating religion is religion conceived of with any purpose other than to surrender to Krishna, understanding him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and acting for Krishna's pleasure. This Atendriya Priti Vancha Tare Dale Kam Krishnendriya Priti Vancha Dale Premanam. This is the essence of all, of everything, of the absolute truth is summarized here. What is Dharma? Is summarized here. Generally, we think dharma means looking after our parents and grihastha dharma, but the survival some paro dharma, the, the supreme dharma, yato bhaktir adhokshaje, 
is that by, by Pauchitu Adhoksada. Adhoksada is the name for Krishna, which means he who is beyond the purview of the mundane senses or beyond the purview of the mundane outlook on life. Krishna is beyond our mundane way of thinking. So, Adendra Priti, Icha, the desire to satisfy our own senses, that is called calm or mundane lust. And the desire to satisfy Krishna, that is called praying. So mostly all the religions, so-called religions, they are simply teaching that you do some so-called religion and you get the blessings of God to enjoy yourself better or to remove the obstacle that I, I have this disease, I don't know what to do, I tried so many doctors, okay, last hope, go and pray. So, but dharmasya hi apagardhyasya Dharma is meant for liberation from this material entanglement, not entanglement within it. So, uh, the classic definition of kaitava dharma, or cheating religion, is dharma artha kama moksha, which is so much praised within the shastra, but it, it only gives us piety to follow dharma, just like grihastha dharma, stri dharma, brahmana dharma. But that is all in relation to the body. Brahmana, he may be studying shastra, but if he thinks I'm a brahmana, then he's in maya, because he's not. He's spirit, soul, part and parcel of Krishna. Then artha, simply in, in making some money, dharma, artha, karma, enjoy, even the karma mentioned here, dharma, artha, karma, the karma means to indulge the senses according to dharma. But that is also against our real self-interest. And then even moksha, moksha is the worst, we think that's the best, it's the worst. The idea of getting moksha or liberation without surrendering to Krishna, it's like that, it's like the idea of being spiritual but not religious. So it's it's avoidance of all of these are meant for avoiding Krishna. So real dharma, Lord Krishna indicates Sarvadhaman Paritajamanekamshana. You please study Srila Prabhupada's books. You will get the clear understanding of what is dharma, what is our duty in life from studying Prabhupada's books. Prabhupada, do you have this Prabhupada? Have you read it all? You have read it? Front to back. You haven't read Srimad Bhagavatam. Next is Srimad Bhagavatam. One set. When you raised this issue of reading, I was actually thinking, it's all about living and how to perform your duties. That's what Bhagavad Gita is. Ah, yes, but what is our duty? No, my question That's the is, point. Everyone in India will say, yes, yes, duty, duty. No, but what is, what is no, our, my, my question is, what is our duty, our ultimate duty is to our Krishna? No, my question is that this, I mean, Bhagavad Gita is a science of living, ideal. What is the ideal way of living? Yeah, life? yeah, but what is that but ideal? My question is that if Can somebody... You say? What is that ideal? Ideal is to follow Bhagavad Gita. Yeah, but what is, the, what does it mean to follow Bhagavad Gita? Each and every 
praise of Bhagavad Gita. But what is the essence? essence? Where are we going to? Follow means we're going somewhere. Essence Where are we going? Work without sensual attachment. No, no, you missed and it. You didn't get the point. Like most people, you read Bhagavad Gita, but you finished up asking, who is seated the father of? No, because I can't be here. Lord Krishna summarizes or gives the essence of Bhagavad Gita, the last teaching. Nandana bhagavad madhyaji mame vaishasi Always think of me, Lord Krishna says. Become my devotee. Worship me, bow down to me. In this way you will come to me. Sarvadhanam parityajam mame kamsharanam Giving up all other ideas of dharma, you simply surrender to me. This is Bhagavad Gita. Simply to work and not be attached. What is that? That doesn't. That's uh, that's better than working and being attached. But there's nothing positive. There's no real direction. Like I say, most Indians who are a little bit pious, they know one or two shlokas. Yadayadra So yours is kamani vadikalaste mafaleshu kadachana. But that's that's only in the beginning of Bhagavad Gita. That's. That's a preliminary instruction. That you you work, but don't be attached to the fruit. But what, that fruit, who should <coughs> that should be offered in bhakti to Krishna, as Lord Krishna says later in Bhagavad Gita. Literally, katram pushpam phalam toyam yume bhaktya tadaham bhakti That fruit, leaf, flower, water should be offered to Krishna in bhakti. So all these, all the Bhagavad Gita, all the Shastra is meant to teach us what is bhakti to Krishna. All the Vedas, Lord Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, are meant for understanding me. But even this word bhakti, people don't know what it means. They'll say bhakti. Everyone in India knows the word bhakti. But what is the actual import? What they call bhakti is actually cheating religion. What they imagine is bhakti. To understand what is bhakti, as Prabhupada has elaborated here in his purport, we have to hear in the bona fide parampara of pure devotees. Otherwise we think bhakti means serving our family, serving our country, serving our dog and cat. But bhakti means yato bhaktir adhoksajita, understanding who is Krishna. That Krishna is not an ordinary person. He has nothing to do with, he is above and beyond this material world, even though he appears within it. And we are also above and beyond this material world, even though we appear within it. We are eternally the servants of Krishna. What is? What are the implications of that? What does it mean to serve Krishna? So this is not, like I said, it's not, you can go to the, the kindergarten and put two bricks together and learn one plus one equals two. But... Uh, we have to, to learn mathematics. It, it may take some years. Definitely it takes years. We have to gradually be trained in that. So we, everyone requires training to understand what is the purpose of life and how to attain it. So I'm asking you, please read Srila Prabhupada's books. That will give you that uh, clear understanding. And then we also have to take practical guidance in how to act on it. It's a, it's a big project. Getting free from birth and death. You see, cheating religion means people take something like, yeah, yeah, we work and we're not attached and they think that's it. And then they just go on in, in a materialistic, pious way of life. But actually, what is the purpose of life? 
to get free from sense enjoyment. They, they don't get free from sense enjoyment. No one's a... You'll find so many people saying that, yes, yes, we should work in an unattached way, but they don't even know what the basic principles of religion, of genuine religion are. What are the, the chatur stamba? What are the four legs of religion? Most people, they don't know. This mercifulness, austerity, cleanliness and truthfulness which are destroyed by illicit sex, intoxication, gambling, meat-eating. People don't know these things. India is very confused. I mean, everyone is eating meat and there's only abortion clinics. Everyone drinks tea and coffee, which is also it's unclean, nasty things. But people think it's normal. So many bad things are there. They have, they've lost their culture to a large extent. At least some piety or inclination is left. But actual direction? People love, there's so many, what, cheating religion, what's going on in Hinduism? What's going on in the name of Hinduism? How much cheating, all this art of living and so many bogus so-called sadhus, Amma, so, so ridiculous, so foolish. And people are so foolish, they go to these so-called gurus who don't teach anything. It's just all sentiment. You know, or they teach something. What, what is this? Art of living, how to relax. and just It's got nothing to do with the goal of life. They're simply cheating people, simply personality cults. They don't teach Bhagavad Gita as it is. Who is Krishna? We have to surrender to Krishna. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Religion minus Krishna. It's nonsense. How can there be religion minus Krishna? Because religion means to understand Krishna. It's so everything. It's all cheating. But if you read, especially the Srimad Bhagavatam, you'll find very clearly that Srila Prabhupada, he's not a cheater. He's not flattering people. He's not, he's not speaking empty, vacuous statements, but very clearly delineates what is the science of God. Srimad Bhagavatam is Bhagavat Tattva Vigyanam, as is stated in the Bhagavat, Bhagavatam itself. Bhagavat Tattva Vigyanam. It's the scientific delineation knowledge of the personality of God and our religion and our relationship with him. Bhagavat Tattva Vigyanam Mukta Sangasya Jayati by understanding which we become actually detached from this world. So we require to understand this. What is cheating religion? Pretty much everything that goes on in the name of religion. Priti Vite Jato Kichu Dharma Nama Chale Bhagavata Kohe Taha Paripurna Chale. In Bengali, it's this Dharma Kaitava Projita Atra. This is summarized that whatever is going on in the name of religion in the world, it's all chow. It's simply cheating. Deceptiveness. It's not giving the. Actual religion means what is the. Ultimate truth. What is ultimate reality? Without that, what's the meaning of religion? Religion means to come to a higher level, to come in contact with the Supreme. But come in contact with the Supreme means that we should become totally purified. But instead we're asking, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily roti. So, 
This is cheating, man. Actually. <laughs> is there time for more discussion? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I mean, it's his first. No, I, I have a, a feeling. Well, yeah, yeah, okay, you can go. There are other people with questions. Yes, yeah, so. I would prefer other people to come out. I've already spoken. All right, ask one more. We'll continue this discussion for another few minutes. You know, I'm. I'm not. Uh, Arguing, or I'm not putting myself yeah. at your level. I'm a very small. We're all small. <laughs> but my we're religion against We're all small. When I read Bhagavad Gita, I feel the messages are very clear and straightforward. But my feeling is that if we take that <coughs> message in a very clear and straightforward manner, you know, it's very beautiful, and you know, you get results. But sometimes, you know, when we start criticizing. Other, anybody else or other things on the basis of that shaloka. You know, I'm trying to see whether, you know, what I'm trying to do is read a shalok and see whether this shalok criticizes anybody. I've, I've not found any shalok which criticizes anybody. Then you haven't read Bhagavad Gita. I'll tell you a few. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you, you may be uh, more knowledgeable. But then I, I find that we waste so much time in criticizing others. Well, you see, you're saying I'm more knowledgeable, but you're implying that I'm more knowledgeable, but you've actually understood. No. That's what you're implying. But actually, knowledge... Can you finish my last word? You can just, say, yeah. Because then you, know, you, get the, you can explain it better. You know, my, my feeling is that if we don't spend too much time in criticizing others or arguing that somebody is bad and just follow the message of the shlok, then it gives you, I mean, I get a lot of benefit out of it. And then that criticism is just a waste of time. Well, then you're criticizing Lord Krishna by saying that because Lord Krishna criticizes those who don't surrender to him. No, I've been, I'm, I'm actually trying to find a shlok which criticizes somebody. Who can All right, okay. I, there are so many. From, I'll tell you from Bhagavad Gita. Lord Krishna says, Namam Dushkutino Mudha Prapadyante Naradhamaha Maya Prapitapyana Asurum Bhavamashita. Here's one shlok, in which Lord Krishna says that people who do not surrender to me, I don't know which Bhagavad Gita you read, but this is Bhagavad Gita. I only read this one. Yeah, but you're reading with your, what you're doing, you're not reading, like, you're not hearing like Arjuna. You're bringing all your own ideas and putting it through that. But you have to hear like Arjuna, who said, Shisha stay hum shadi mam tvam prapannam, that I am come as a surrendered disciple to you. You have a preconception that we shouldn't criticize, criticism of others is wrong. But no, criticism is required to sort out what is actually good from that which is not. If we say, well, every, don't criticize everything is good, then Hitler's also good. Killing animals is also good. Now, in this shlok, let me tell you, Narmanga, Krishna says that people who do not surrender to me, they are dushkriti, which means, you can translate it simply as rascal. Murha, you know the word. Narmanga dushkriti murha. Prapati, naradhana. Naradhana means the lowest among mankind. Maya aparita jnana means people who are superficially knowledgeable but who's, who are actually fools. Uh, their actual knowledge is covered by maya. And asuram bhavamashita, which means, well, Prabhupada translates it simply as, uh, asura, demon, 
demoniac mentality. And there are so many verses in which Lord Krishna says, Avyaktam vyaktim apanam manyante malabuddhayaha. Those who say that I, Krishna, have, my personality has come from the unmanifest, such persons are abuddhayaha, which means foolish. Then, antavattu palante shantabhavat yalpamedasa. Again, alpamedasa, which means little intelligence. People who are stupid, in other words, they, they, antavattu, they worship different demigods. They're persons whose knowledge is spoiled. They uh, simply out of material desires, out of uh, they worship different gods. They worship gods other than myself. You want more? <laughs> Krishna is very critical. So if you say we shouldn't criticize and we're wasted, then, you're critic- then you are criticizing Krishna. But there are certain slokes where the words are in general, you know, like alpha-buddhi, you know. Alpha-buddhi means stupid. I mean, that's... No, but it doesn't, the slok doesn't say the people are stupid. Lord says that the lack of knowledge is stupid. No, 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 no. He doesn't say, no, no, no. This is your wrong interpretation. It's not a lack of knowledge. When Krishna says, avyaktim vyaktim apanam nanyante, they consider... Manyante means they consider. It's not that they don't have knowledge. They know there is an abhyakta and they know there is the person Krishna. But they wrongly consider that Krishna's personality has come from the abhyakta. It's not a lack of knowledge, it's misinterpretation. That is what Krishna is criticizing. And it's, it's simply your interpretation to say that he's not. It's like, it's like, so-called Mahatma Gandhi trying to screw non-violence out of Bhagavad Gita, which is nonsense, because the whole of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is telling Arjuna to to fight, and Arjuna doesn't want to fight. And, and Mahatma Gandhi comes along, and he's supposed to be a great pundit of Bhagavad Gita, and tries to teach non-violence on the basis of Bhagavad Gita. Now you may say, we don't want to be critical, but this is simply foolishness and nonsense. It's, it's, if you try to say that white is black, that is foolish. And if you try to say that Bhagavad Gita teaches non-violence, it's like saying white is black, because Bhagavad Gita was spoken in specifically to incite Arjuna to be violent. So you may say, don't be critical, that's some sentiment of yours, but it has no practical value, and it, it, it's got nothing to do with Bhagavad Gita either. Because Lord Krishna is critical, but the thing is that you think critical or it hurts people, it makes pe- make people feel bad. Maybe it does, but it's for their benefit. No, I'm you, not concerned about you, people. I mean, if you tell someone who's going on the wrong path, they're going on the wrong path, that's for their benefit. So that should be pointed out. <coughs> not to point it out, that is uh, a crime. If someone's flying a kite and they're walking towards the edge of a cliff and you don't you don't want to deny he's enjoying himself, I don't want to disturb him. Then that's criminal. It's your duty. And if he's if he says don't disturb me, then you should grab him and push him and and tell him he's a fool and somehow or other wake him up. So this idea that we should don't criticize anyone, then no, uh, my idea was that if we follow that method 
and let people have chance to read Bhagavad Gita themselves and understand it. But they won't understand. So they don't read because they think that is some people like we are they don't too understand. much. They may think, but, but if, I, they're, if they're sincere, if you read, if they're sincere, they will recognize that what Krishna says is true. If they're sincere, if they get a chance to read it, I mean. Yeah. So. Well, we're getting by distributing these books. What's your question, Prabhu? I have a few questions. I would probably forget them by now. Uh, the one I will not forget is who is Sita the father? <laughs> but I somehow sympathize with the Prabhu there. Uh, there are. At least uh, two major points in the Gita, where the Gita speaks in fe- uh, with a Protestant uh, work ethic. It, it's what you mentioned that Arjuna is incited to fight, and presumably his job was to fight, so that would be... Not Protestant work ethic. Uh, anyway, go on with your question. And the, uh, there is the other point where it uh, very clearly says that to, to, fulfill, to fulfill your duty, as in the caste duty, mm-hmm. is... Uh, uh, it's, uh, I don't know what, uh, what the term is, but it's, uh, you know, it's the, what is required of you. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, even at the point where it says that uh, you should, uh, the criticism, there's a criticism on Hinduism where it says that, uh, is sorry, on, on Hinduism pretty much, mm-hmm. on mainstream Hinduism, when uh, it, uh, if, if he's asked whether to do the religious duties is enough or something, and he says, well, in fact, to submit to me is is the first way, and if you cannot submit to me, mm-hmm. then be pious and it says something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So what's so where does the Protestant work ethic come from? Why is it important to the Protestant work ethic? The idea is that uh, God helps those who help themselves, and therefore those who are those those who are rich. That means they're getting the grace of God. They would work hard. And be, believe in God, and God will help you to be rich. So that's not the message of Bhagavad Gita. That one should, yeah, Bhagavad Gita is about work. It's about action. And there are different levels on which Krishna speaks. The Kananya Vadikara say that's there. One, one has a right to work, but one shouldn't be attached to the result. And as Lord Krishna speaks that everyone has to do some work, you can't stop working. And swabhav, or the, the inherited nature, or the nature that one has inherited from previous life, that is also very strong. So one has to work according to his swabhav, but then ultimately Krishna says, Savadhaman Paritajamane Kamsharanamraja. He doesn't say to stop work, but he says to, to give up this is actually explained by Srimad Bhagavatam and ultimately by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that uh, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says that I am not a Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Shudra, Brahmacharya, Grihastha, Vanaprastra, Sanyasi, but I am a servant of Krishna, who is the a servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna. But then you see that even Arjuna, after taking that instruction from Krishna, he acted as a Kshatriya. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu acted as a sannyasi. Actually, I want to, I don't have time now, but I have an essay, a lecture planned for a few days from now, in which I want to discuss this in more detail. What does it mean when Krishna 
said Sarvatama Sarvatama and then Arjuna acts as a apparently acts as a Kshatriya well Arjuna acts as a Kshatriya under Krishna's direction now there's one incident in the Mahabharata in which we find that everyone sympathizes with Karna when he's down on he's down on the ground his wheel is stuck in the mud and Krishna tells Arjuna kill him and people they tend to sympathize with, with Karna and Arjuna didn't and which is against the codes of a Kshatriya he did it on Krishna's order that is his surrender to Krishna Yudhishthya Maharaj it's famous that his chariot would ride above the earth due to his piety then Krishna wanted him to shout out that Ashvatthama is killed if Krishna says no one will believe him Jonah won't believe him you know this story right? so so he had Yudhishthya Maharaj say it and they made some arrangement with blowing the conch so he doesn't say the elephant Ashvatthama is killed and then after that incident Yudhishthya Maharaj's chariot came down now it's generally understood by people who don't understand actually what is going on that Yudhishthya Maharaj's chariot came down because he told a lie but actually it came down because he hesitated he was not happy to follow Krishna's instruction because real piety is to follow what Krishna says even at the expense of your own good name or your own so-called morality the gopis are famous as the greatest of devotees superficially they <coughs> totally transgressed dharma because superficially they were the wives of other men but they left everything to go to Krishna so actual dharma means to surrender to, to do whatever Krishna wants under any circumstance although because the Varnashram system is the system given by Krishna to live in this world it is the most suitable even for devotees to, to act according to those rules and even for non-devotees to regulate their lives to gradually make them pious and come to that level so yeah there are various levels spoken of in Bhagavad Gita but the actual message of Bhagavad Gita that which is meant for Arjuna and for all of those who want to follow Arjuna's footsteps and achieve the ultimate goal of life is to fully surrender to Krishna, to do what Krishna wants, which might transgress the rules of Dharma because as Lord Krishna explains in Mahabharata you, the dark, life is so complex that you can't always follow the laws of Dharma one rule will, will contradict another because life is complex like that, and Lord Krishna told the story of one brahmana who made a vow never to tell a lie which is a very good vow isn't it but then uh, he was living at the edge of a village and next to the forest <coughs> when one day a man came running up saying that I'm a merchant I'm carrying so much gold and the robbers are chasing me they want to kill me where can I hide and the brahman pointed go hide in the woods there and a few minutes later men came running up and said we are robbers, we are chasing a rich merchant, we want to kill him. Did you see where he went? He said, yeah, he's over there. They went there and killed him. So he never told a lie in his life, and at the end of life he went to hell. Because in that situation, 
the dharma of keeping his vow, the dharma of not lying, which is was overridden by the dharma of giving protection to a deserving person. But he didn't understand that. He didn't properly understand dharma, and therefore he went to hell. Even though he, he kept his vow, he never told a lie. So dharma is suksha, it's very fine. I'm glad you're saying this because the essence of religion is usually in the exceptions of having the rules that are applied. But I also want to ask you uh, about the danger of actually being so critical because uh, in the literature on, uh, on uh, Sri Lanka Prabhupada, sometimes you read that his followers were uh, not uh, very well accepted in India. And you expressed uh, some opinions before which I share with you and uh, are very, very critical and not very kind towards the mainstream. There are dangers in being overly critical and there are dangers in not being critical enough also. If we are overly critical, overly critical means um, that the criticism is meant for showing what is the actual path. If we only criticize and don't come to the actual path, then what's the use? But if we're not critical enough, then we also don't see the path properly. We should see. Intelligence means to discriminate. There is right and there is wrong. There is a difference between truth and non-truth. It's the, the mayabad which is which is so all-pervading, in which the the difference between right and wrong, the difference between truth and non-truth, is obfuscated. And so people say, "Don't criticize because everything's good and everything's nice," and we just presume that everyone is everyone is basically good, which isn't true. If you do, if you live in this world thinking that everyone's nice and everyone's good, you're going to get cheated and exploited by anything. It's not even a practical. So, uh, some criticism is needed, and considering the enormous cheating that's going on in the name of religion, some good level of criticism is required also. People come up and then they tell them, this is God. He's not God, he's just some guy with a long beard. He's cheating people. Or he's, he says he's teaching Bhagavad Gita, but he's not teaching surrender to Krishna. He's cheating people. He's taking that which is most sacred and giving the, giving the idea that he's giving that which is the highest and the most valuable and the most sacred. And he's not. He's, he's doing something for his own aggrandizement to promote himself instead of promoting Krishna. This is seriously wrong. Hitler is severely criticized, and he should be. Nazism, they're neo-Nazis, and they're trying to keep that down because it's, it's dangerous, it's a threat to society. So also these so-called religionists who use Bhagavad Gita to cheat others, they're a threat to society, they're misleading people. The valuable human form of life which should be used for God-realization, they're cheating people and misleading people, they should be made known. If we just say, well, everyone's nice, then we're also cheating in the name of not criticizing. Because everyone's not nice. Ultimately, everyone is nice in as much as everyone's a servant of Krishna. But as much as we adopt a different attitude, then we are 
the enemies of ourselves and others. That should be understood. Without understanding that, how can we come to the point of Krishna consciousness? If we think that someone who's cheating is also nice and it's also good, and uh, it's the same as surrendering, not surrendering to Krishna and, and doing, following something which is just some imaginary so-called religion, and, and actual surrender to Krishna, it's all the same. If we say that, then it's not true. Then we're promoting falsity. Then we're cheating. So this should be pointed out. Is it not? Is it not beneficial for human society? <coughs> but, but in modern society, there's this idea, don't criticize everyone. Everything's nice. Everything, just let everyone do whatever they like, as long as it doesn't harm others. Isn't it said? And what they say by harm others mean they can only think of physical harm. But they're doing spiritual harm, which is much worse. If you slap someone in the face, that's harmful. If you teach them the wrong path in the name of spiritual life, they have to suffer birth after birth after birth by not taking to Krishna consciousness. So you get, if someone on the street walks up to you and slaps them and slaps you in the face, they can be arrested and punished for that. But if they walk up to you and say, I'm God, and they mislead you, then that's, that's acceptable. Because the, because the whole society is ignorant. In, in Parikshit Maharaj's kingdom, that could not be allowed. All these so-called babas and papas and cheetahs, and all so-called, so many things. Not only religion, but in the, in the name of sociology, psychology, medicine, and history, geography, all fields, they're simply misleading and cheating. Everything going on in the name of education is simply all cheating. Even the concept of education, that you you work, you study, you get some piece of paper, you get a job, and then you earn some money, and then you buy things. And the whole thing is just totally mundane. It's, it works against the purpose of life. So the whole thing from top to bottom is cheating. Should be pointed out, isn't it? It's just simply by smoke. Then we become like these these so-called gurus. They they have a long beard and they smile and they hold a flower and everyone thinks they're very nice, but they're not nice. And if we fail to point out what is the fact, then we're in the name of being nice, we're actually cheating others. If the parents don't discipline the children, then it might seem well they're very good parents, but they're not. They're very bad parents. That's Scandinavian culture, isn't it? No, no discipline for the children. <laughs> hey, I, I had one good experience. I once brought ten books of Hare Krishna, and then I go out in the train and give them to the young people, and even the police, but they nearly arrest me because they say I couldn't do things like that. But I, I don't think that they give any goes out of what I was doing, but it, it was a good pleasure talking to about distribute us. the books. Yes, just give them the books so you don't have to pay it. It's a normal. The police didn't like that. No, the police nearly arrested me <laughs> because uh, it. Uh, really? Yes. Was it I I insisted that they should just give it one chance. <laughs> was it here in Copenhagen? Yes. It's not allowed in the trains. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs>
So I have done something where Good. Do more. Such to If you speak the truth, they'll beat you with sticks. If you tell lies, everyone will think very nice. <laughs> Isn't it? All the advertisement industry is all lies. And people are all very nice. The whole advertisement industry runs on people's... It's based on the understanding that people are stupid. That if you show some... Just like Coca-Cola, no one, if, if you never, if it wasn't advertised, no one would ever buy it. Because why should you, it's just, uh, what is it? Why spend money? But only because it's advertised. It's, it's associated with some kind of pleasure, and therefore people buy it. The whole advertising industry simply runs on foolishness. Now, in modern society, people are, they are raised in such a way that they become foolish. It's required. To be a consumer, you have to be a fool. Buy all kinds of things that you don't need. So, highly educated fools. <laughs> so, anything else? Or everyone has to go home, or what's going on? It's supposed to be 8 o'clock finished. I can go longer. Yeah, please. This Prabhu, uh, what I read in Bhagavad Gita was like, uh, uh, Krishna says, out of every thousand people, you know, one tries to know me. And out of them, even only one actually knows me the truth. Very few know Krishna truth. Yeah. So, I mean, by criticizing in a, in a place like this, where almost every person... In, yeah, it's again, in Denmark, you can do anything, but don't criticize. <laughs> what, what I'm saying is like, uh, I mean, criticizing in front of us won't make a new devotee might make you more clear. It might make you help to you to understand that Krishna is critical, for instance. Just like, for instance, this gentleman was under the misconception that Krishna doesn't criticize him, or there's no criticism in Bhagavad Gita. But I pointed out that he made a mistake. So, it's true, new devotees may not come here. But those who are, like I said, it's meant for some guidance and some instruction. If you want to uh, I, I wrote a long essay on this, actually, on the need to speak strongly. So if you're interested in this, you can get it's in that book, My Memories of Srila Prabhupada, in which I presented, if you're interested, quite a long essay on why speaking strongly is required. But if you are more attached to your own conceptions of what is right and wrong, then what Krishna actually teaches in Bhagavad Gita, then you may not even, this is presented to you with all evidence from Shastra, then you may not accept it, because you're not accepting You have to accept Bhagavad Gita as Arjuna accepted it. He said to Krishna, Sarvam etadritam manye yanmam I accept everything you say, Krishna. So if we simply want to accept that I like when Krishna says, that he protects his devotees, but I don't like when he criticizes non-devotees, then we're not accepting as Arjuna accepted. And how to understand Bhagavad Gita? What, what, what I was saying is we bring our own preconceptions that we what, what we think is nice and what isn't nice. And that way we can't understand Bhagavad Gita. And that way we can't actually take to Krishna consciousness at all. 
because we have our own idea of what we think it should be like instead of taking Krishna's idea. Krishna consciousness to put Krishna in the center. Not our own idea of we don't redesign Krishna and make it we can't there's this other bogus idea. Oops, I criticized it. Coming from Mayavad, that you just imagine God however you like, but it's not like that. We are his imagination, he is not our imagination. We are to act as he says. So when Krishna speaks Bhagavad Gita, the whole point is that Arjuna has to stop giving up his own way of thinking and accept Krishna's way of thinking. With his intelligence, not unintelligently, but to understand that what Krishna says is actually correct. And what Arjuna thought was right, his morality, was actually wrong. His supposed morality and goodness was actually wrong because it's based on a misconception. So in modern society we have all this idea of be nice to others and be good, but what is what being good? By not teaching Krishna consciousness, everyone is perpetrating the worst violence on everyone else. But we can teach without being critical. Can you? One who doesn't surrender to Krishna, Lord Krishna says, is a rascal. So how are you going to teach Bhagavad Gita if you don't teach that? Are you going to edit that out of Bhagavad Gita? Will you have a better idea than Krishna? And what's wrong with being critical anyway? What's your hang-up about it? Because life is very short. So if you spend 60% of your lifetime criticizing others, you're left with only 40%. But that, again, the criticism is required to understand, to separate the what is right from what is wrong. You can't understand what is right unless it becomes clearly in focus if you see what is wrong also. And again, Krishna himself teaches like this. So you have a better method of teaching than Krishna? I have been trying to find out. Uh, I have not been able to find well, I told solid you. criticism. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, what I, I, what I, shall I say? I mean, shall I, shall I open? All right, look. I'll, I open, think if, if, I'll open the book. You can read for yourself. No, I'll get my book because I am making notes. And then we can sit and discuss Shalok by Shalok. Sometimes in life. I have to get my book. It's the same book. Okay, please... Please read this. This is Bhagavad Gita. Can you see what's written there? What is what is the name of the book? What is it? Yeah. What is it? It's Bhagavad Gita, isn't it? You please read this verse. Just read the translation. No, I'll just note the shalom. No, read, read it at home. Read it out for us so that we can all hear from your mouth. Now, please then, don't change the page. No, this, just read the same verse. The shlok is this, no? I want to read shlok. Seven, seven fourteen. Yeah, 14. Those who are grossly... Devi... No, no, sorry, 715. Then here. Yeah. Okay, translation. Na, not, mam, unto me, duskrita, miscreants. Mudha Kulish Parpadiyate Surrender Nara Adhamaha 
lost among mankind maya by the illusionary energy apartha stolen janaha is knowledge asuram demonic bhavam nature asritaha accepted those miscreants who are grossly foolish who are lost among mankind whose knowledge is stolen by illusion and who partake of the atheist nature of demons do not surrender unto me Okay. Thank you very much. Well, if this was a court case, you would have just lost it. Because this is the evidence, this is pramana, that Krishna speaks that people are grossly foolish, lowest among mankind, what you would call critical. So either you can accept what Krishna says, or you don't have to, it's up to you. Then you become... One of these people mentioned here. <laughs> But you're becoming no, very moral. And reading this slow, Krishna says foolish people do not surrender to me. But he is not saying you are foolish or there is somebody over there foolish. Then you know that's the difference. Who is he speaking of? He is speaking in general. And if you don't mind, what you're saying is foolish. He says those who are grossly foolish. He's referring to someone. Yes, but he is not labeling someone. He's blaming all of those who do not surrender to him. That's right. That's right. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right. Yeah, but if you had to teach other people, you had to tell them it's wrong the way you live. Else they just go on and, ah, we are good, we are naturalistic, we have everything. <laughs> you have to say, it is not the right way. If you want to know God, you have to read this book. Exactly. But be sincere. All right. Anything? All right. Yes, yeah, I would like to ask how the jivas find out in the material world. How do they fall in from the spiritual? Ah, that's another of my upcoming lectures. I'll have to send you the recording. It's not something. But, well, we can say briefly, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Krishna bhuli se jivan adi bahimoka te maya thale deyat samsharatu. Briefly, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that forgetting Krishna. The jiva has been Krishnabuli uh, Sajib uh, inimical toward Krishna since time immemorial, and therefore Maya gives him something. That's in brief. Forgetting Krishna, forgetfulness of Krishna is the cause of conditional love. But how we could forget Krishna? Yeah, that's the question. All right, I'm, I'm planning to give a long lecture on that. Long means an hour or so, but not now. So if you want, you can see my website. I suppose it will be uploaded there eventually. <laughs> It's not a two-minute discussion. Yeah. So what if we, um, if a person wants to surrender to Krishna, and he has to be in the right sampradaya and take initiation as one of the things. And then what does that mean? What is um, uh, what does that demand from you? What does it demand from you to take initiation? Yeah, initiation. Exactly what you were saying, surrender. Dikha kale bhakta kare atta samarpan. Diksha means atma samarpan, surrender. Dedicating one's life. I mean, what if you only want to surrender uh, 70 or something percent 
Then don't take diksha. Then don't take diksha. What if it's 99%? No, one should diksha. One should take diksha when he understands that the goal of life is to surrender to Krishna, and he's ready to dedicate himself to that. He's he's not there, but that is his goal. He requires further training, but that is the goal. Yeah. What does the society, the society, deal with, with with persons who doesn't have that desire enough? Maybe like uh, who's in the process? Uh... Well, we try to cultivate that desire. Try to inculcate.